Welcome to episode number 24 of the Stick to Hockey Podcast, NHL Playoff Time. Jason Rakitis here with you today. We're going to be joined by EJ Raddick of NHL Network uh, momentarily, and we'll look at the series around the NHL. As always, you can follow the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod on Twitter. You can email us, sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter as well, at Jason Mert. But I got to tell you, this podcast presented by mybookie.ag. You think you know who's going to win uh, in these playoff series, whether it's the Flyers, Pens, Caps, maybe the Ducks uh, can get back in the series, the Kings, Las Vegas. Well, Okay, might as well make some money while doing it. So get in on the action at the safest online sports book in the world, and it's the only one that we recommend to our listeners. It's mybookie.ag. It offers all kinds of different wagers in the National Hockey League as well as every other type of sport or uh, competition in the world. And when you win, you get lightning-fast payouts. You can even create your own player prop wagers using their prop machine. And if you've not heard of that, you got to check it out. It's really cool. And you can create your own matchups and wagers between any ball players that are in action that day. So check them out again. Use promo code STICK and get a bonus when you first deposit. Again, promo code STICK. And this is a great website if you want to get in on the action. You think you know the outcome. They offer every sport and league in the world, including eSports with League Legends and Counter-Strike. And in addition, uh, if you're looking for casino games like Blackjack, Roulette, Craps, or Slots, MyBookie.ag has all of those as well. Not to mention, you can play all of their games on your cell phone, iPad, or tablet computer. It's entirely up to you. You can do it from anywhere. So if you play, you want to win, you get paid. So if you want to get in on the action this summer... Go to mybookie.ag now and sign up with them using promo code STICK to ensure that you're eligible for all their future promotions and bonuses. And uh, you can visit Las Vegas from your couch and try them out today. Again, you can use it from your phone, your your tablet, your computer, whatever, your mobile. Once again, mybookie.ag and use that promo code STICK. So the playoffs underway. Very intriguing series going on around the NHL, and this time of year, you know, the podcast isn't as quite evergreen as it is at uh, other times of the season and certainly the offseason. So we're going to look at around the league right now with EJ Erratic from NHL Network, look at each of these series, break them down as they're happening here midway through the first round of the NHL playoffs, and he joins us right now on the Stick to Hockey podcast from the NHL Network, EJ Erratic. How are you doing today, EJ? Good. Good. Everything's a good time of year. A lot going on. So you can now watch EJ co-host the NHL Network's NHL Now weekdays at 4 p.m. throughout the playoffs, plus NHL Tonight. It's airing live before and after every playoff game. And Well, EJ, so far the playoffs have been uh, surprising in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of teams uh, on the verge already when you're talking about Anaheim and L.A. Uh, of elimination, and maybe both of those teams had pretty high aspirations of going on a long run. Let's start with the Kings because Vegas right now up three games to none. Uh, what have you seen that the Kings have not been able to accomplish in this series and really give Vegas fits? They just haven't been able to generate enough offense and get second-chance opportunities to make life hard for Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, they've lost one nothing, 2-1, and 3-2. These are really tight, tight games, and they just haven't been able to generate enough offense and enough sustained zone time to make it hard for Marc-Andre Fleury. So, I mean, that's really what it comes down to for the Kings. I think they've done a lot of good things in this series, but they're just not generating enough chances, and that's the problem. Yeah, and they've been the stingiest team throughout the regular season in both goals allowed and on the P- and on the PK, the number one yep. in the NHL. Uh, but you look at it, is, is it a situation where they're just not possessing the puck and, and Las Vegas is just, just flying, uh, playing the way they played and had success all regular season? I just, I just don't think they have been able to, to, to real, like I said, sustain – 
offensive zone time, and the shots are from the perimeter. They're one and done. They're not creating. They're not getting those uh, Vegas defensemen turning. They're not getting a chance to be physical with them below the dots and, and making their life hard enough. I mean, that's just the way, the way it seems. It just there's not – Mark Andre Fleury's played well, but he's not seeing – he's not having to make a second, third save in, in sequences. He's not having to work hard in the – in the offensive zone where the, where the Kings are, will have long stretches of zone time. So give Vegas credit, George Glock credit. I mean, this is a team. It's uh, an expansion team in name, I guess, but they've got some really good players there. They've put together a good group. Flurry's been really great in goal, and Gallant has done a great job on the bench. So, you know, they're, they're a hard team to deal with. They're going to be a hard out because they do, there's not a very many weak links in that group. Yeah, and they've been a big surprise. Obviously, a great uh, story all season long, and Gallant going to win the Jack Adams most likely uh, yeah. for, for good reason as well. Uh, let's look at that same bracket, if you will. And right now, uh, Anaheim really up against it. Took a big one on the chin last night. San Jose, without Joe Thornton, has been uh, uh, really uh, on their game here to start the playoffs. Did this surprise you at all? Anaheim's a team I looked at and said, well, maybe this is a team that's built for the playoff run, and we know it gets laughed when he got really dominant last year in the playoffs, but uh, certainly not things going their way right now. Yeah, um, I think, you know, it's surprising just that it's not closer in terms of the games. I mean, the first two games were obviously a little bit closer than this. Last night it was just a blowout even though the Ducks played well early in the game and Marty Jones ended up making 45 saves. So there was opportunities for the Ducks. They just couldn't beat Marty Jones. But I think the thing that this comes down to between these two teams is San Jose has added some speed to their team, and they're just, they've been really producing things off the rush. Last night, I believe the first four goals they scored were off the rush. And, uh, you know, their their speed is, is, is creating a problem for the Anaheim Ducks who miss Cam Fowler on defense for sure, but uh, they just, they're not matching up speed-wise. And, you know, the addition of Evander Kane has given the San Jose Sharks a little bit of a different element as well in their top six. He's a big, fast power forward, and uh, he makes them even more dangerous. But I like the transition in the speed game of the Sharks right now. I think that's been the difference. Has Kane really fallen in line there with that team? This is a great opportunity for him, obviously, getting into his first uh, NHL playoffs, been in the league a while, and, and he's seeming to, uh, to take advantage of it pretty good. Yeah, you know what? He he was drafted by the Atlanta Thrashers. He came into the league in a bad situation, came in as an 18-year-old. There's bad habits, bad teams. It's not great for young people. Went to Winnipeg. That team still struggled there. Eventually got moved out of Winnipeg. And there was some uh, you know some baggage there. Goes to Buffalo. And, you know, again, a bad situation. Team's not winning. Guys get distracted. No real strong leadership there. Uh, and, and the next thing you know, he's, he's out of there and he's in San Jose. And in San Jose, Joe Thornton is there to pick him up at the airport. And, uh, you know, he's around a Joe Pavelski and uh, a Brett Burns. And this is a good team. And it's, uh, it's a team that has defined leadership. And I think he's come in and they've, he's got a, a very defined role to step into. And it's a great opportunity for him. He's in a contract year. So I think for a lot of reasons, it's working out so far. It's hard to know if it's going to work out long term, if he's going to resign there. But like looking at it now, at least from you know from the trade deadline to where we're at right now, it's been a terrific pickup for Doug Wilson. He didn't even have to give up really too too much to get him. Uh, it'll be a first round pick in 2019 if he resigns in San Jose. If he doesn't, second round pick in 2019. So. For me, uh, he's been, it was a nice acquisition by Doug Wilson at a reasonable cost, and he's been a great fit. Yeah, and it's a well-coached team as well. Uh, yep. r- really intriguing when you when you look at this, uh, the other Western Conference bracket, and you have two horses 
in this uh, in this bracket with Nashville and Winnipeg. And uh, while many people believe they're on a collision course for each other in round two, uh, Minnesota is making it a little interesting. The Wild uh, that, that that series has gotten really chippy. It's gotten mean, a little uh, dirty, which is always good. Uh, they're looking to tie up that series. Uh, do you think Minnesota can really keep pressing against Winnipeg with that depth that they they have, and plus the goaltending of Hellebuck? Well, I think that the 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 edge they may be able to try to take advantage of now is that the Winnipeg Jets look like they're going to be missing three defensemen now. They're missing. Mm-hmm. They've already been missing Kulikov. As and Anstrom, two left shot defensemen, and Tyler Myers was injured in the game the other night, and I would think that he's going to be out. He's not going to play, what I understand, in game number four, and it looks like he's going to be out for a bit with a, with a knee issue. We'll see. But if that's if he's out and the other two guys can't come back, that opens the door for Minnesota then to try to work a weakened group of defense, just like at the other end for Minnesota being without Ryan Suter, open the door for a very deep, strong. Winnipeg team to to create uh, matchup advantages and, and get down on the forward chuck and ha- and have a geographic advantage in the game of playing down you know by Devin Dubnik and we saw that in the first two games now with these injuries and Minnesota has played so well at home maybe they could turn that the other way and get in on the forward check on a weakened Jets defense so that'll be the thing I'm looking for in game number four and to see also if Connor Hellwick bounces back he didn't have uh, he played well enough in games one and two didn't have a lot of work in game three it was more of a struggle and he got pulled so he's a young goaltender and with young goaltenders uh, you just never know how things are going to play out emotionally so uh, it'll be very interesting to see how, how things go in game four Minnesota has a great chance to get in this series at home against that Jets defense that's uh, kind of dinged up. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, one of the uh, uh, players that's been uh, really jumped off the page this season is Nathan McKinnon in Colorado. Tremendous regular season. Put himself in the conversation for the Hart Trophy. He's got a big task at hand here uh, with uh, dealing with Nashville and that defensive core that they have best in the NHL. Uh, can they get that one evened up as well? Well, I, I think Nashville has played three games, and they're lucky to be up 2-1. to one. I think they've been kind of sloppy. I don't know if they take, have taken Colorado for granted. They beat them four times during the regular season. Some of those games were close. Some of them weren't. Colorado was kind of a Cinderella story. If it wasn't for Vegas being in the league this year as an expansion team, I think everybody would be talking about the turnaround that Colorado had in the West and New Jersey and the East. So um, Colorado's hanging in the series. They've been very good at home. And if the National Predators don't uh, get their game up to another level, this series could easily be tied up. So I'll be curious to see how the Preds come out in Game 4. Well, both the Leafs and uh, New Jersey bounced back last night uh, to get wins in their in their series, uh, both down 2-0. Uh, the Leafs to the Bruins and, obviously, New Jersey to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, do you see any of these series going long? Because uh, the Bruins and the Lightning seem like they're in a different class, even though, even though those teams had good pushbacks in Game 3. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, you know, I, I'll be hard pressed to see the Leafs, you know, get this past six games, just because I still think that, uh, you know, even in the game last night, the Leafs won, but the Bruins had a lot of chances. It reminded me of the uh, Penguins in Game Two against the Flyers, where they had opportunities in the game, they just couldn't score, and Philadelphia was able to take advantage and win. I think in uh, Game Number Three in 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 Toronto, I think the the Bruins had a number of chances, just couldn't finish, and Toronto took advantage of that. So. I still think Boston is a better team. I think they'll win. And as for the Devils and the uh, Lightning, um, you know, the Devils have had really strong stretches in the series. They got it into kind of a little bit of a, a grimy battle last night towards the end of the game. If they can continue to do that kind of thing and try to get the Tampa Bay's 
deep, skilled team into a different kind of game, I think they'll have an advantage. Corey Schneider played well. Came in and played his first, got his first win in calendar year 2018 and uh, played well last night. But he looked like he was laboring a little bit. So i got to keep an eye on Corey Schneider and see how his health is going to yeah. be moving forward. And he was 0-10-2, I believe, in his last uh, 12 starts. Didn't yeah, win since Christmas. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And one of the elite goalies in this league. Uh, good to see him bounce back. Uh, the, the very intriguing series. Everybody has their, their eyes always on the Capitals come playoff time. We know the struggles. Haven't gotten past the second round in 20 years and, and the Ovechkin era. Uh, they're up against it now as this series shifts to Columbus. Two overtime wins, and both of those games, the Caps had leads and blew them. They're in big trouble. Yeah, they are in trouble. But, uh, you know, the games, the good news is the games are really close, and they did have leads. And they're a veteran group. I don't think going on the road is something that disturbs them all that much. They've just got to clean up some of their mistakes. I think they've got to really clean up their penalty kill. They've given up, uh, I think it's four goal, four power play goals on eight chances got to be better. Uh, Holtby goes back in goal for Game 3. Uh, he looked good coming off the bench in Game 2. And if Braden Holtby can do what he's been doing over the last couple of years, get his game back to where it was, and they can clean up some of those mistakes, they'll have a chance to win. But the Jackets are playing well, and they're a confident bunch right now. Yeah, and, and it seems as if Bobrovsky has maybe slayed some of the playoff demons. Maybe that's because they're not playing Pittsburgh. But, uh, that's right. He's That's been right. great. He's been great in the first two and 54 saves in game two. Uh, let's look at that Penguins-Flyers series, uh, an intriguing matchup of two rivals. Uh, it's been uh, kind of blowout city here. You know, you get the big 6 nothing win, then a 5-1 Flyer win, and then conversely a Penguin 5-1 win. How does this series play out? Can it be a long series? Well, uh, it's, I think it's a, the problem for Philadelphia to me is that I'm just not convinced that the, the goaltending is going to hold up there. I mean, Brian Elliott came back late in the season from injury. Uh, game one, the Flyers were just terrible. Elliott wasn't very good. He got pulled. They ended up giving up a touchdown in that one, and, uh, and they lose the game. Game two, Elliott was better. The Flyers, you knew, would have a bounce back uh, in terms of their effort, which was much better. Uh, they were able to get a lead, play with a lead, and they won that game. Pittsburgh missed some opportunities. I think Crosby had an open net at the end of the second period, missed the net. Doesn't happen that often, and then in game number three, the Penguins uh, weathered a little bit of an early storm from the Flyers in the first period. Matt Murray played well, and the Penguins got rolling in the second period, had a couple of quick goals, and that was all she wrote there. So I, the Penguins just, to me, are the better team, and they're stronger in goal, and, and that's a real concern. So um, it looks like the Flyers are going to roll with Brian Elliott, but uh, you know, I just, he just uh, I'm just not sold, even when, when he's healthy, if he's, enough, if he's enough back there to get it done. And, and they're going to need – more out of their high-end guys. They're going to need more out of a closure roof, for example. He's only got one point in the first three games. Jake They're just going to need more, more production. Yeah, same thing. They're just going to need more production from those guys. Yeah, and it looks like the uh, Dave Haxtell has uh, opted to alter his lines, albeit uh, Couturier did leave practice today after a collision with Radko Gudis. We'll see what the effect of that is. And Patrick yeah. Hornfist a no-go uh, for tomorrow's game. So we'll see how yeah. this all kind of plays out. It, yeah. It's been an interesting first round. And usually we see a lot more chaotic uh, uh, play and a lot more overtimes this early in the first round. But it's uh, yeah. kind of holding to form at least. It's been uh, a little bit of a different year so far, but we'll see things you never know. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, last question for you. We're talking with EJ Raddick from uh, NHL Network. Uh, now that the Hart Trophy balloting is done, who, how does this play out for the, the NHL this year? Who's your top three guys? Well, I mean, I think, you know, that, and remember the balloting is uh, it's done in the regular season, right? So it's mm -hmm. not, not impacted by the postseason. For me, if any one of these four guys win, I have no issue with it. Taylor Hall, Nathan McKinnon, Andre Kopitar, Claude Giroux, I think they are the four that are above 
the rest, and uh, there's some other great choices as well, Ovechkin, Blake Wheeler, but I think those four guys really have separated themselves, and I think for me, I, I, I get the sense, listening to voters, the voters of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, I get the sense that Taylor Hall's strong push at the end of the season might have put him over the top, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting when it comes out, uh, when it's all said and done, the cup is handed out, and we'll see how these NHL playoffs uh, you know, kind of roll on here. It should be an intriguing matchups uh, throughout this first round and certainly going forward. EJ Raddick, co-host on the NHL Network, NHL Now, weekdays at 4 p.m. throughout the playoffs, plus NHL Tonight airing live before and after every playoff game. We appreciate the time, EJ. Thank you. You got it. Take care.